Morning, everybody. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for those verses in Colossians. And as we look at them together this morning, we pray that by the power of your spirit, you'll be at work in us. Help us to be more devoted in our prayer lives. As we have that amazing privilege to come before you in prayer. We give you great thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. How, how would you describe yourself uh, in prayer? If somebody said, what is your prayer life like? How would you describe that? I wonder how you feel when you read verses such as Colossians 4, chapter 2, devote yourselves to prayer. Could you say that you devote yourselves to prayer? Or when you read those verses, do you maybe get a sense of guilt that I'm nowhere near devoted to prayer as I should be? I wonder how many of us could say, and I'm sure there's not many of us, if any of us, could say, I've made it. I'm completely devoted to prayer. I don't think anyone could say that, any of us could say that, because I don't think we can ever make it in our devotion to prayer. At whatever stage we are in our devotedness to prayer, we will still, or we should still want to grow in our devotedness in prayer. And so this morning, it's not about making us feel guilty that we're not as devoted as we should be in prayer. This morning is about encouraging us to grow and be more devoted wherever we are on the devoted scale that is endless. It's the encouragement this morning for us all to be more devoted in our prayer lives. Because that's what we're told to do as God's people. Be devoted to prayer. And that's the first word that I want us to look at this morning. That word, devote yourselves. Devote yourselves to prayer. Paul, in this final chapter to the Colossians, continues his exhortations to the Christians there as they live under the Lordship of Jesus to be devoted to prayer. Devote yourselves to praying. It's not that they weren't praying. Maybe they were in danger of losing heart around prayer. So Paul wants to encourage them to keep being devoted in prayer. Don't lose heart. Continue in prayer. The idea behind that Greek word devote uh, is continue steadfastly. So in other versions, other translations of the Bible, um, that's the word that they use. Continue steadfastly in prayer. It's the idea of persevere. It's occupy oneself diligently. Pay attention to prayer. So it's, it's that being busy in prayer. That's the idea behind that Greek word, uh, to devote ourselves. We saw it last week as we looked at the widow in that parable who persistently went to the unjust judge in prayer, the idea of being persistent. And that's what we're being encouraged to continue to do 
in these, in these verses, continue steadfastly in prayer. Devote yourselves to praying. And that was a mark of the early church. So as we begin in Acts chapter 1, 14, they all joined together constantly in prayer. Or to put it another way, steadfastly in prayer. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They devoted themselves, they steadfastly continued in prayer. Acts 6.4, we will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the, of the word. Attention to prayer or steadfastly continue in prayer or be devoted to prayer. Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Faithful in prayer or be constant, persevere in prayer. And one more, Ephesians 6, 18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Always keep on praying or persevere in prayer. So often we see in, in the New Testament, certainly with the early Christians, how they were devoted to prayer. They continued steadfastly in prayer. It wasn't, prayer wasn't a sort of little segment in their lives. It permeated the whole of their lives. And that's to be true for us. Prayer isn't to be a small bit in our lives. It is to be in every part of our life. Taking everything to the Lord in prayer. And so being devoted isn't something that we can ever achieve completely. We will always want to grow and be more devoted in our prayers at whatever stage we're at. And surely that's our desire as God's people to be more and more devoted in our prayers. There's a story about Martin Luther, the, the reformer. He's, he's sitting at the dinner table and he's eating his meal. And he has this little puppy. And the puppy sits there looking up at Martin Luther, his master, hoping and waiting for a bit of food to either drop or be given to him by uh, his master, he watches with, this puppy watches with an open mouth and eyes that are motionless. They just stare. And if you've got a, got a puppy or ever had a puppy, you will know exactly what uh, Martin Luther is talking about. And Martin Luther looks at this puppy and says, Oh, if only I could pray the way this dog watches meat. All his thoughts are concentrated on the piece of meat. Otherwise, he has no thought, wish, or hope. I think it's a brilliant illustration when it comes to our prayers. We long to have a prayer life like that puppy, but we often get distracted. And so Paul is encouraging us and the Christians there to continue to grow in your devotedness to prayer. To prayer. Being steadfast, persistent, devoted, with our eyes and our thoughts fixed 
on Jesus our Lord and our Savior. And it's really important that we see that Paul isn't laying down a law here. He's not adding a burden to the Christian life. What, what he's doing is encouraging us to not give up in our prayers. Because as we've seen already, prayer is a, is a response to God's grace, to his goodness, to his mercy. We respond in prayer for all that he has done for us. We're his adopted children in Christ. That's why we want to spend that time with him in prayer. That's why we want to set time aside each day to speak with our Father in heaven. That's why it's always a good idea to have an open Bible as we pray so that we can read the, the good things that God has done, uh, the good things that we read about who he is, and that will lead to a response in our prayers. We don't pray. We started on Wednesday the, um, the Bible studies looking at the Lord's Prayer, and one of those was we don't pray to impress others. We don't pray uh, in a way that is eloquent with lots of fancy words and long prayers. We don't need to do that. We don't need to position ourselves in such a way for God to hear us because we are His children and He hears us already. We have that amazing privilege to pray to Him. Let's not take that privilege for granted. Let us keep praying. Let us keep growing in our devotedness to prayer, giving that time over to Him. So practically, find a way that works for you in spending time in prayer. Whether it's sitting in a chair, whether it's standing up and going for a walk, whatever it is, whatever works for you, set some time aside to pray. And do that each day. Yes, we can pray anywhere and any time, but it's hard to go deep with God in our prayers if we only try and fit Him into the gaps in our day. Set a time and a place to pray and then fit prayer into the gaps in the day. It doesn't have to be one set time of prayer. It may be several times. Whatever works best. But let us be committed. Let us set that time aside to pray with our Bibles open as we respond to Him. And pray with others. It's such an encouragement to sit and pray with other people. We can't do that physically, but we can do it online. We can do it on the phone. We can do it on a Bible app. Whatever it is, but let us encourage one another to be more devoted to prayer. It's important that we plan it into our day. Otherwise, the day is gone and we've not prayed. So let's be diligent as we devote ourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind. And that's the second thing that we'll look at. Alert mind or be watchful in prayer. You'll remember in the garden, uh, just before Jesus is arrested uh, and then put on trial and then hung on the cross, that he was with his disciples and he urges them to watch and pray. 
Be watchful. Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus was telling them to be alert. Be alert to the threat of temptation, to the threat of sin. In the chapter before, chapter 3 of Colossians, Paul lists the problem with the sinful heart. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. We are, when we pray, we are to be watchful. Our minds are to be alert uh, to temptation, to sin. And there's another watchfulness in Scripture. In Matthew 25, 13, Jesus uh, calls his disciples uh, to watch for his return. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. And so, there's a devotedness in praying uh, as we watch for Jesus' return. As we pray, come, Lord Jesus. We are to be watchful in our prayers. We're to be alert in our prayers, praying for the return of Christ, praying for people to be ready for that day when He returns, praying about sin in our lives and asking the Lord to help us uproot them from within. And so I think one of the implications of being watchful in prayer, being alert in prayer, is having habits in prayer that keeps us awake. It may have happened to you, you sit in your favorite chair, you begin to pray, and you fall asleep. Or you get in bed under the duvet, and you fall asleep with the intention to pray. But the call here is to be alert in prayer. So if you always pray in that chair and fall asleep, then let's be alert by not sitting in that chair and maybe standing and walking as we pray. I mentioned last week when sharing some resources uh, of using a prayer diary. And I think that's a brilliant way of being alert and watchful in prayer. To note down the things that you've prayed for, to note down then how the Lord has answered them, to write down things that we're thankful for. Let's be alert and watchful in our prayers. Another great way to be alert is to speak those prayers out loud. That will keep us alert in prayer. And the final part of this verse, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Thankfulness should be a major part of our prayers. We read so often in Paul's letters how he was thankful at the beginning of this letter to the Colossians. Uh, he says how he prays, giving thanks for them. When we give thanks, it reminds us of who God is, of his goodness to us, that he reigns in heaven, that he sits on the throne, that he gives good gifts to his children. 
It reminds us that we depend on him for all that we have. Our hearts are to be filled with thankfulness and we express that in our prayers. And I think as we give thanks in our prayers, it, it, it's a great way for us not to get discouraged in prayer. Because as we call to mind those things we're thankful for, we can see how the Lord is at work. We have that temptation of forgetting all the good things that the Lord has done and given to us and focusing on that one thing that he may have not answered in the way that we expect. And then we're sort of disheartened in prayer. But as we pray with thankful hearts, as we call to mind those things that we're thankful for, then we grow in our prayers because we're recognizing who God is and what he has done for us. So never miss out thanksgiving in prayer. We have so much to be thankful for. So much. And we can even be thankful in difficult circumstances and situations that we find ourselves in. And just an aside, while we're here in Colossians, it's really interesting how Paul, after saying verse 2, goes on to give specifics for them to pray. He says, pray that the Lord will open doors for the gospel. Remember, Paul's in prison as he writes this letter. And so he doesn't say, Colossian Christians, pray for me that the prison doors will open. He's not praying for a change in circumstance. What he does pray is, pray for open doors for the gospel to be heard by people, for that to go out and for people to be saved and transformed. I think it's a lesson for us uh, to not always pray that our circumstances will change, but to pray that the Lord will open doors for the gospel to go out and transform people. We have so much to be thankful for as Christians, not least uh, of all the forgiveness of our sins, the new life that we have in Jesus, uh, His righteousness that is being given to us. Thankfulness that He died on the cross for us in our place, for our sin. I wonder if we just pause for a moment. I wonder if you close your eyes and think of something that you're thankful for and then pray and thank God for whatever that thing is that you're thankful for. Let's never forget to be thankful when we pray. We do it at the dinner table. Uh, often, Lara gets us to name three things that we're thankful for that day. It's good to sit and make a note of the things that we're thankful for and then to give thanks to God for His goodness to us. 
Because when we sit and think about it, there's not a shortage of things to be thankful for. So this morning, let's hear the call and hear the encouragement from our Father in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Let's encourage one another as we seek to do that each and every day in our lives and in the life of this church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those verses in Colossians. Thank you for the example of Paul who was devoted to prayer. Thank you for the example of the early Christians. Thank you for the example of your son, Jesus. Help us as we seek to be more and more devoted to prayer. As we pray, help us to do that with an alert mind and thankful hearts. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. And we pray that you'll be at work in us for your praise and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.